Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! A hunk of hunk of moviegoers! You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. <laughs> a hunka hunka. <laughs> the hunka hunka. You're listening to Hunka Hunka with Hunk and Hunka. <laughs> I have no problem calling myself Hunk. That's what we said. <laughs> I'm Hunk. Hey, I'm a Hunk. <laughs> we talked about the Hunka Hunka, the new candy bar. Yeah. It's chocolate, peanut butter. Can I get a chunk of the Hunka Hunka? You can just buy just chunks of candy now. Yeah. You don't get the whole pack. Because sometimes I don't want to eat a whole candy bar. I just want a chunk of that candy bar. Yeah, so can, can you just sell me a chunk? Let me get a chunk of candy. Of your Laffy Taffy. Is chunk like a measurement of weight or size? How does that work? It's a, Yeah, it's like a, it's, a, it's a measurement of mass. You know what it is actually a measurement of? How many listeners we just lost. <laughs> Good chunk. <laughs> a good chunk of listeners just unsubscribed because we are babbling about nonsense. But welcome to another episode, you fucking swampies. This is a good one. This is a good one. We are super excited. Hence our super uh, on-brand intro. Yeah. If you guys have seen Suicide Squad, you know what we're talking about. I love that that's, you know, it's the Joker. We're here to talk about the Joker, but then or we just, just talk about that Joker. thing. Yeah. The movie is Joker, but we're going to talk about the Joker. Yeah, we're talking about the character. We're talking about the actress who played that character. We're talking about everything. We're ranking the Jokers. Yeah, we're going to rank all these Jokers. <laughs> we're a bunch of Jokers. We are a bunch of Jokers. I saw a bunch of Jokers this past weekend. Where'd too. you see them? At Comic-Con. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were, I thought I was you were just confused. For the Swampies. Just oh, for the Swampies. swampies. We're, we're yucking it up for you folk, which I hope you guys have been good, but I've also been really good because, yeah, Comic-Con was a fucking blast, yeah, bro. Yeah, you told me that, that shit went down, and you didn't, haven't told me because I asked you what happened, and you said, save it for the pod. Yeah, because we're not, we're not allowed to be friends off mic. Yeah, we don't talk outside <laughs> of this room. <laughs> That's not true. We text. Yeah. We send dick pics. <laughs> it was awesome. Had a great time. That's good. It was my first year doing panels. Okay. Like actually going to the panels. So uh, that was cool. I usually skip them because you spend so much time waiting online. But the good thing about Comic-Con, since last year, they took away like a ton of vendors from Comic-Con. So Why is that? Well, I don't know if these are exact numbers. I'm just going to use easy numbers. If there used to be 200 vendors on the show floor, now there's only about 150. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like substantially, like noticeably less vendors. Are the vendors like really cool though? Because when I went yeah, to- there's a lot of really cool okay. stuff. Because when I went to Comic-Con with you, which granted it was a much smaller Comic-Con, but yeah, all the vendors there were were super cool. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a good time. But as much as it's like, oh man, there's a little bit less to see, it makes it so that the aisles are wider. 
you can move move around without being like swarmed by people and constantly bumped. You're, I mean, there's still going to be a lot of people. You're still going to be bumped into and whatnot. Yeah, but it's not as bad as it used to be. It used to be like you could not move. It was like being in like a packed subway car during rush hour. And now that they have less Full of people, Naruto characters. <laughs> yeah, basically everyone's Naruto running to go get a chalupa from across the way. Fucking bullshit. But <laughs> that sounds like bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't see a lot of Naruto, but I did see a lot of Jokers. There's always a lot of people dressed as Joker at Comic-Con. And it's always funny because the day that I went, it would have been opening night of Joker. So I know none of these Jokers have seen the movie. And all I'm thinking is you're dressed up as this new Joker. What if the movie sucks? You're going to feel like a fucking goon. Oh, so they were going as Joaquin Phoenix's Joker? Yeah. Oh, wow. There's always a ton of Heath Ledger Jokers. There was actually a Cesar Romero Joker, and it made me very happy. That's I, cool. I love the old school like Adam West Batman. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one? I actually haven't, no. Oh, you got to watch it. It's amazing. I have seen like clips of his Joker, but that's probably, out of all the Jokers, including Jared Leto, that's probably the one I'm the least familiar with. Got you. Well... There's one point in that movie where Adam West is in a helicopter, but the helicopter dips too low, and he's on like the ladder, and his water, his legs dip into the to the water, and when he comes out, there's a huge, obviously fake shark attached to his leg. Wait, wait, and he's punching it in the nose. Wait, you're talking about Batman's punching it in the nose? Yeah. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, and they use the shark repellent bat yeah. spray. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> and that movie's when the, amazing. When the, when the shark hits the water, it's it just a seismic explosion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, and the detective work in that is next level. Because nowadays, there's like real detective work. There's real sleuthing. He goes out. He beats up perps. He asks questions. Then he like investigates on the computer, he cross-references, he checks like databases and fingerprints. Back then, they solved a riddle that somehow they were able to figure out literally everybody. They're like, the attack happened at C. C. For Catwoman. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? Now that I think about it, that shark was pulling my leg. The Joker! Oh, jeez. The craziest thing is, they were 100% right about everything. So they got it all right just based off of stupid word association. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I love that movie. The one thing that's actually cool, though, about Batman, just the character, is that he really is just, he's a detective. He's the world's greatest detective. Yeah. But yeah, Comic-Con was a great time. I got to see everything. It gave me a lot of extra time because there's less to see on the floor that I was able to get all everything I wanted. And then I got to spend my time going to, uh, going to some really cool panels. That's cool. So, what, so what, what, I know you went to. Uh, I went to Big Mouth. You went to Bigfoot. <laughs> I saw Bigfoot. <laughs> he was blurry, <laughs> so I couldn't get a good picture of him. Damn. But I'll post it online. So you, Big Mouth. Yep. Went to Big Mouth. They showed a random ep- episode from uh, season three, and this was the day before the uh, the season dropped. Oh, so you saw it early. Saw it one day yeah, early. We're seeing so much shit fuckers. Early. I actually got some insight on on the show itself. So they got they got signed for two more seasons after this. So after season five, they're going to be making a spinoff show and they showed a teaser for the spinoff show and it's takes place in like the hormone monsters world. Okay. Which is pretty cool. So gave a little taste there. got to see like the creators and some of the voices from the show. It was awesome. And then the second one I went to was star talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. How was that? Is so fucking cool. Yeah. No, it was a good time. But what about you? What have you been up to? How's your weekend? Uh, it was it was okay. Could have been better. Did Could've you see any better. movies? 
Uh, the only movies I had a slow weekend of movies or a whole week of movies. I had a slow week as well. Only thing I've seen is Joker. Yeah, I think during the week I'm trying to remember what I watched. <laughs> if I watched anything, I told you already. I watched Doom Annihilation. Oh yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, well, <laughs> that's the thing. I've had to take a break. I've been watching so many shit movies. I like can't keep going at this rate. We're both already surpassed your number from last year. So. Yeah. We're killing it. This is going to be a good year. Good duties, good rankings. This is, I'm excited. I was just happy at the beginning of the year. I was like, I'm probably going to... I knew I wanted to see more movies than you, but I wanted to also beat your number for last year. And now that I'm past it and we still have like two and a half months to go, I'm going to shoot for 200. Damn, that's crazy. It is crazy, but I think I can do it. <laughs> That's insane. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I if, if foreign films count, I'll just I'll pull out all the stops. I don't care. I'll learn Korean. <laughs> we were, you're talking about like how you got to see like a sneak peek of like an episode, oh, yeah. like an episode. the movie that we got a screening for. The trailer played the other night when uh, I went to the movies with Ryan. Were you just like even loving that more now? We were we were loving it though, but it, but me and Ryan like kind of just being assholes because we were like in the theater and just talking like kind of loud amongst ourselves, and we we're like. Yeah, this was so good when we got to see it at that screening. You just wanted everybody to know. <laughs> we were, but then like we were like, it was a new trailer, actually. So we're like, they're kind of showing a lot. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm surprised they would show this. Because remember when we saw it before literally everybody? everybody? <laughs> I was kind of doing the same thing because they had something set up for that movie at Comic-Con. They were showing like a behind-the-scenes thing about it. And I was just kind of standing there just like, Hey, uh, you guys work in this booth. Like, have you seen the movie? You haven't? Oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, me and me and my co-host got to see the movie a couple weeks ago. We were invited to a screening, so uh, not, like, no big deal. But like, <laughs> I actually saw the whole thing. You're so then you actually just pushed them out of the chair. People, and you sat down. I yeah, I just I just stayed there for like five hours, and everybody would come in. They'd watch the thing. They'd be like, "That looks really good." It'd be like, "Yeah, it does look really good. It actually is really good. It probably is gonna get nominated for an Oscar." I kind of <laughs> saw the whole thing, and I think it's great. You guys should check it out when it comes out. We're just doing PR for it, even though we can't actually talk about, about it on the podcast. Yeah, we I talk know. about it a lot for people who are not allowed to talk about it. Yeah. I've, I have a feeling <laughs> we're never getting invited based on the to information we gave today. People are gonna be like, "Oh, that's what it is." <laughs> maybe, maybe, but hey, uh, we didn't say what it was, so we're still we're in the clear. Yeah, we're in the clear in terms of that contract we signed. I saw people full on on social media being like, yeah. "I saw this today. These are the things that happen in it." And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> there that goes." Yeah, but those people aren't coming back. Yeah, I want to go back. I want to do more of those. Yeah, th- it was really cool. But you know what? I'm sure there's other movies coming out soon that we'll get to get to go to screenings of, and we'll get to do those special things. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a place I like to go to see other movies that are coming soon, or find out what movies might be coming soon. What place is that? There's, well, there's a place in France where the naked ladies dance. Ooh. And there's a hole in the wall where a man can see it all. Why not a woman? A woman can see it all too. Okay, well, because okay, well, the naked lady is the one who's dancing. Well, the, the naked lady could probably look through that wall and see the man who's watching her dance. But the thing about that hole in the wall, where you can see it all, it's in a very special place, and it's a place that I like to call the trailer park. <laughs> what are we talking today? We are talking 
Birds of Prey, The Emancipation Proclamation. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to say the whole the whole line. I don't remember. The, the, it's like the fan- Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Couldn't just call it Birds of Prey. They had to suicide squad it up. Yeah. But you know what? We'll get into it when we talk about the trailer park. There's things I like about this trailer. There's things I don't like. But I think overall, I'm more excited for this, or I have more hope that this is going to be good than Suicide Squad. Uh, I don't know what to feel. Full disclosure, I was duped into thinking Suicide Squad was going to be good based on that Bohemian Rhapsody trailer. Yeah, I think a lot of people were. Yeah, I was like kind of, I was pretty excited for it. But now, like in hindsight, I think there's more going for this movie than there was for Suicide Squad. You and McGregor. You McGregor, I also I like the uh people that are, you know, in the director's chair and writing on this. Basically they got rid of everyone that was involved in Suicide Squad. As you should. Yeah. Yeah, the only carryover from Suicide Squad is Harley Quinn. Yeah. Samara Weaving. Yeah, Samara Weaving, <laughs> as we know. The director on this is uh Kathy Yan, though, and she really hasn't done much, but brought in a female director, which is cool. And then they changed the, the writing team up. And it's basically all also like females, uh, some of which have done some pretty good movies, one of which did Bumblebee. Okay. So there's some clout back there. And I don't know. I have a feeling that they're, because this seems to be a primarily female-led movie. Right. They're probably going to do it justice, hopefully. I hope so. But yeah, Ewan McGregor, that's cool. Yeah. he's. <laughs> I mean, if this movie's cool and uh, Dr. Sleep is good, then he could be having like a kind of... Decent, like, cinema comeback. Yeah. Because I don't know what he's been up to lately. You and McGregor? Yeah. Like, I don't, I haven't seen him in much in recent years. Well, he was in Christopher Robin last year. Oh, yeah. There, well, that, that'll do it. <laughs> Christopher Robin. Poo, poo. <laughs> <laughs> and the only other thing that I actually remember him being in two years ago, he was the voice of, um, the candle in Beauty and the Beast. Oh Lum- God! What is it? Lumi- Lumiere. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. He was probably trapped on like some like planet or something like that, like yeah. swinging a lightsaber around, or I don't know, digging for droids. You were supposed to be the chosen one. <laughs> you were supposed to bring balance to the force, not shit on it. <laughs> I wish that was the line. <laughs> that was the original take, and then George was like, "Yeah, you gotta do that again." You fucked up my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't sleep, and I'm a doctor. Ali Wong's also in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay. that's cool. Uh, I, I really liked her in uh, Always Be My Maybe that, this year. Yeah. That was actually like a movie that I was not looking forward to watching. And then I, I was like, this is actually kind of funny. I had a great time watching that yeah. movie. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm kind of excited for this. I think this this could be good. Now, when we get into the trailer, there are some concerns I have. Okay. Yeah. Well, do you want to start it up? Yeah, we can start it up. Ba-na-na-na-na. Hey! Ba-na-na-na-na. <laughs> what a harlequin is a harlequin's role is to serve it's nothing without a master i don't like how she's this harlequin no one gives two shits who we are beyond that the joker and i broke up i wanted a fresh start but it turns out i wasn't the only damon gotham looking for emancipation Do you think this movie's going to be a lot of this kind of voiceover, like, narration from her? Uh, I don't know. I hope not, though, because did you notice the ADR in this trailer? Who are you guys? I'm noticing it 
<laughs> I'm noticing a little more now that you say something. <laughs> Here's the deal, Quinn. You need me. the way that she's talking to yeah isn't this fun it's just like the sleep book <gasps> we should order pizza big cosmos Harley. Focus. Okay. i wonder what this is gonna be rated i'm assuming are they're showing a lot of like guns and stuff. There was actually some blood on the trailer. Is this a red band trailer or no? no. I mean, they might be able to skirt by. I think Suicide Squad was 13. Yeah, Suicide Squad was PG 13. Been on occasion, bitch. What are you talking about for me, It doesn't come out for a bit. It comes out in February. That right there is not good. February is usually a month that movies go to die. That's true. Yeah, this trailer does not get me excited, really, at all, honestly. The trailer itself, I get kind of... I mean, you touched on it, I think, the last time. We talked about this, what, for the It episode? Because mm. it played it at the beginning, the oh, yeah, little yeah, teaser yeah. thing. The, um, the teaser. Yeah, it does seem very, like, bubblegummy, neon, having fun type thing. Yeah. Which, th that doesn't really bother me. I like the lighter tone. I just... I'm having a tough time grasping the tone of the movie because it seems at times where they're trying to be really fun and like joking and stuff like that but then and there's other times where they're blowing yeah, shit yeah people up and stuff so i don't really know what they're going for i don't know i i'm also as much as i love margot robbie i'm not in love with her as this character i'm also not okay so i guess full disclosure because it's going to come into play when we start talking about joker and all of the other batman movies if you're the type of person who your personality type is like i am the joker or i am harley quinn or whatever guess what you're a fucking dork <laughs> you're you're a fucking gas station bathroom piece of bubble gum like you are you're our toilet paper laying on the toilet seat so that you can take a dump safely at a fucking Chuck E. Cheese. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Not really. Well, just think about the people who, who are just like number one, like number one fan of Joker Harley Quinn. Okay. You kind of have an image in your mind. I think this movie's catering to people who want to put fuzzy dice on their mirrors and their cars and have a really cool snarky Deadpool sticker on the back of their fucking wagon. Okay, I, I now I get you. It's hot topic. This yes. movie's super hot topic. Well, it's funny you say that. The the jacket that she's like wearing that's got all the streamers on it. Where is it? It's somewhere in the trailer. It's like towards towards the end. It's right here. This uh, jacket that she's wearing, they sell that at Hot Topic now. There you go. Yeah. And it's got like caution tape ripped up in it and it's like super neon and I don't know. I think this this movie looks like it's designed to sell Halloween costumes. That it yeah. Like I could definitely see that. Harley Quinn, I think, is one of like the most like definitely the the Suicide Squad outfit was probably one of the most cosplayed things that 
Oh, yeah. Happened around that time and probably around Halloween and stuff like that. And I think just Harley Quinn in general is one of the, probably the most well, popular cosplays. And that's the funny thing about people who just love the Joker blindly because there there used to be a ton of Jared Leto cosplays. Then Suicide Squad came out. And then the next year, you didn't see any of them. Yeah. <laughs> but like coming up to it, and it's the same thing where I was just like, what happens if the movie comes out and it's dog shit? Because you're cosplaying as something that you haven't seen yet. All you've seen is like a picture online and like something to get you hyped. So DC has screwed us too many times for me to see this trailer and be excited for this movie. I'm going to see it because we have this podcast. Yeah. I'm actually like, I like Rosie Perez. Yeah. And I like Ewan McGregor. And I love Marco Robbie, but I just don't care about Harley Quinn. I actually think Ewan McGregor looks really cool in this. I think he's going to be a black mask, right? Is that, see, I don't even know who he's supposed to be. Because he's wearing like the white suit and everything. The only thing he's missing is the like the skull mask. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's bringing like a wide range of like emotion to it. He looks a little bit like smooth at parts. There you go. Yeah, I think you're right based right. on his outfit. We'll talk about Joker. And Grant, I don't even know if Joker is considered uh, like a DC movie in their like extended universe. I don't think it is. No, it's not. Um, it didn't. It didn't start with the DCEU. I, yeah, I know at all. Yeah. So like. I guess I can't really count that. But if you are counting it, they've done two very good movies in a row with Shazam and Joker. Yeah. And even Aquaman was, it was received positively. Yeah, it was definitely better than their early movies. Yeah, so like they might be hitting their stride. I think they're starting to figure out a little bit of what works, what doesn't. I think what they need to do is just make different things. Not every movie needs to play the same way. Yeah, what I they think were this doing, looks different, though. Yeah, it does look different. I'll give it credit to that. And this doesn't really tell us anything about the story or what what's really going on, what are characters' motives, even who most of these characters are. And because I'm not super familiar with Birds of Prey or a lot of these DC characters, like maybe there is more to be excited about than I even know about, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of why I preface I'm like, I don't know everything. Yeah, that- especially about this. But I do know who Black Mask is. I think he's going to be him. I think that's a, like a cool thing for fans because it's a Batman villain who you've never seen in a movie before. Mm-hmm. It's funny, like uh, we talk about not knowing these characters. I don't really know these characters all that well besides Harley Quinn. But even like then, like I've never read Harley Quinn comics or anything like that. Like, right, any, you always know her in all, association to Joker. Yeah, like all the all the comics that I read for DC were really just Batman or like Joker ones, like. And then a few like Superman ones here and there, but I never read like Suicide Squad or like a Harley Quinn comic, so like I don't right. really know these characters either. But the cast is really good, and like I think that there's probably if we knew the characters more, there's probably a lot more we could get excited about, like you're saying. Yeah. And it's funny because like when we did our trailer park for Joker in our Shazam episode, we talked for a while about it because we knew the character and we were hyped up for it, and we knew what they could be pulling from. So right, there's probably more to it than that, just based on it, like not really knowing what's going on. I think the cast looks good. I like, you know, some of the style choices, but I think this has some of the Suicide Squad stank on it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're going to get that just by having a character carry over. It is a shared universe. It has to be. And there's direct comment on the fact that, like, her and the Joker split up and everything. Mm -hmm. That's good, though. Yeah, good for her. Good for, honestly, everybody. Yeah. Like I said, I think for me, probably the biggest intrigue is just that they got a new team to direct it and write it, and it seems like it's people that are actually in touch with what people want to see and what could work, so 
I, you know, I I'm, think it's going to be an R rating because now that you mention it, like, because we have it playing in the background as we're talking. There's that scene where like they shoot through, like, shoot up the club, and there's blood all over the place. Yeah. If you have that, I feel like that is enough blood to make it rated R. Just you think so? Yeah. I'm PG thirteen. If you think about PG thirteen movies, when there's violence, they don't show blood. Mm-hmm. That's or, that's how they get away with it. Or at least when they show blood, it's after the fact. They don't actually show like coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going in with an open mind. Honestly, I'm not going to go in it being like fucking Suicide Squad shit. There's there's stuff I like and there's stuff I don't like. So yeah. Oh, well, even if it's a movie where I I think it's going to be dog shit walking into it, I try to give it a, a chance mm-hmm. because there's a lot of times where you see. Critics are ridiculing a movie, and then everybody goes to see it, and they're like, what the fuck are they talking about? This movie's great. Oh, well, we're about to get into that. Yeah, and, and there's times where it's the opposite, where critics are like, this is amazing, and then everybody sees it, and they're like, what the hell are they high on? Yeah. <laughs> or how much money were they paid to say that? So it, it's hard to take things from like other people's perspective, which I probably shouldn't be saying because we're, we literally are talking to people and asking them to listen <laughs> to our perspective. But the point being is you don't walk into a movie with expectations based on somebody else's opinion. Yeah. I, I always walk in. Well just, said. Yeah. I always walk in just expecting to watch a movie. I want the movie to show me what it wants to tell me. I don't want to go in hearing someone else's voices in my head. You know, mm-hmm. that's why I go to a shrink. <laughs> <laughs> a couple uh, just small things. The action in this looks like it could be pretty good. There's some cool set piece look like I like the roller skate on the back of the car thing. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. The club scene looks like it's pretty like versatile. Like you said, there's some blood and stuff like that. So there's like a little bit of a jailbreak going on. Yeah, and it looks like there's some humor with it. Like there's the part with the dynamite at the end of the the, the trailer. There's yeah. also your right here, there's your uh cool guys don't look at explosion scene where she's just walking away from fire and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. There could be some good action in this. I can't like literally like I cannot think and like remember a cool action set piece in Suicide Squad. All of these look cooler than anything that was in that movie. Okay, I'll give you that. You got anything else on this? I don't. You want to get out of this trailer park? The whole place looks like a dumpster fire. <laughs> looks like a clearance sale at Hot Topic. <laughs> it, dude, it really does. But that does bring us to Joker. Mm-hmm. Because Joker's another one of those characters who have been Hot Topic so hard. Yeah. Ever since Hot Topic stopped selling insane clown posse shirts, they had to revert to just selling Joker shirts. I mean, I will say this. I think regardless of that, Joker's got to be the most iconic villain. Oh, in, yeah. In, 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 I think in, in comic comics books in general. In comics in general. And then he might be the most iconic villain like ever. I mean, Darth Vader's up there. I'm trying yeah. to think of a couple other ones, but like... I'd say he's top three. That would have been a good list to do instead of our top Jokers, yeah. our like, most iconic villains. of. That might be a cool thing for the duties. Yeah. But that's honestly like it's hard to top him. And yeah, uh, for real, you know, well, there's been a lot of renditions of him and it's always been a role that when an actor does it and does it right, it really like defines a portion of their career. Yeah. And it's also like kind of a role that is almost in a sense like taboo because on multiple occasions now people have played the Joker and have said or things have happened where they're like, yeah, like I was in like a really weird headspace. So I was getting into like that character and like stuff like that. Jack Nicholson told Heath Ledger to be careful because it messed up Jack Nicholson when he was doing it too. Really? And he can see that Heath Ledger was like fucked up over the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, dude, 
we were super excited for this movie. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm super excited to talk about it. And this Same. is one of the rare times where I actually know director and like some behind the scenes stuff because some movies come out and you're just like, who the fuck directed this thing? But Todd Phillips actually does have like a, a reputation one way or another in Hollywood, you know? Yeah. But you know what? Like, I'm just going to say it. I did not expect this from Todd Phillips. Yeah, because that's the thing is his track record isn't perfect as most people's. But also it's but like, like, like we'll get into the type of movie that this is, but it's like he's got like raunchy comedies. Yeah, and then the like, Hangover movies. Yeah, Hangover, Due Date, like um, Old School. What was the other one? Did you do Starsky and Hutch? Was that Maybe. What was? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. But like he did all these like, you know, raunchy comedies. And then the last movie Almost he did like before this. Almost like action comedies. Yeah. Yeah. The last movie he did before this was War Dogs, which is the one that you were. Oh, actually, you really like that. That's the one where you could kind of be like, okay, he's got some like some chops. I didn't realize he did that. That almost makes sense now thinking about it because he does have like a style behind the camera. Mm -hmm. So I could see that now that you said that. I had no idea. That's really cool, though. Scott Silver and Todd Phillips are the the writers on this. But I mean, Scott Silver, he is working with Todd Phillips on the Hulk Hogan biopic that they're doing after this. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Only if it's accurate, if it's real. If it's real? They need to go into the dirtiness of the business. Otherwise, it's it's just bullshit. Okay. Which I'll, is really I'll hard. Keep that in mind. It's hard to do wrestling biopics because wrestlers are very good about lying about history because they try to protect the business and keep kayfabe alive. Uh, you like the fighter, right? The fighter. What's the... F- oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Get in the car, Charlene. <laughs> Scott Silver wrote The Fighter. Oh, that's awesome. And he wrote Eight Mile. <laughs> oh, be rabbit <laughs> We're talking about getting a rabbit. That's something. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. But uh, yeah, I mean. And Falcon's in that. Yeah. Does that mean Eight Mile is part of the MCU? Backdoor MCU. <laughs> <laughs> we need a jingle for that or something. Yeah. You bring up so much as a joke. You're wearing a Marvel shirt right I now. I am. I am. To a DC review. <laughs> <laughs> you blasphemer. I don't, I don't, let's get into the cast first. Let's just just get the cast, get all that shit out of the way. Sure, that's easy. Joaquin Phoenix, the end. Joaquin Phoenix, we're done. (laughs) Yep. He plays Arthur Fleck, aka the Joker. There are a lot of comic ties on this, though. Yeah. Which is funny, just because I was, like, thinking about, I'm like, man, a lot of, like, the, like, smaller actors, and not smaller actors, but actors that play a smaller smaller role in the movie, they all have a lot of, like, Zazie Beetz, she plays Sophie. She was in Deadpool 2. Frances Conroy, she plays Penny Fleck, his mother. She was in Catwoman. The Halle Berry? Yeah. Great. Brett Cullen, who is Thomas Wayne, he was in The Dark Knight. He's actually oh, the, yeah. the Dark Knight Rises. He was in yeah, The Dark yeah, Knight yeah. Rises, and he's in Ghost Rider. Okay. The only people that like really haven't had like comic book <laughs> comic book, you know, uh experience. Experience is Robert De Niro and Joaquin Phoenix. But Joaquin Phoenix has oh. been talking about doing a comic book movie for a while. And you know what? Brian Tyree Henry. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in the Eternals. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. So that's he's not he hasn't been involved in a comic book movie, but he is currently in production on a comic book movie mm-hmm. outside of Joker. So. I've been I've been getting my Walking Phoenix fix. Every, like I watched this and I'm like I need to watch I watched Signs the other night. Nice. Um, I I was going to watch her again yeah. recently. Man, I guess let's just start there. Dude, so, he's incredible. So so are we are we handing him the Oscar? <sighs> Man, he has to get nominated. I'll be legitimately pissed if he doesn't win. I think that's how good his performance is. I think his performance is it's winner worthy for sure. Yeah. But I don't think the Academy's there because they're still going to look at this movie as a quote comic book movie. But it, it at no point ever feels 
like a comic book movie. I think he's gonna win it. I think he should. So many other comic book movies are just totally snubbed when it comes to like certain categories. And I'm not even saying that all comic book movies deserve best picture nominations or best actor nominations. They're getting there though. Like that's the thing. Like I mean they if they can put Black Panther in best picture talk, which great movie, not anywhere close to best picture quality. I would agree with that. Nowhere fucking close. It did not deserve to be up there at all. Mm-hmm. That was a political move. Mm-hmm then Joker deserves to be in the best picture talks. I agree with that. Which I guess we're, we just started at the end with how we, <laughs> how feel, we feel about, about this. Movie. I'll say this, though. like I truly believe that Joaquin Phoenix's performance is on par with Heath, Heath Ledger's. I, I think they are on par with each other. They, they are very different. They do different things. I think they're on the same level. The only difference that I will say is that I think Heath Ledger's Joker has more iconic lines and it's tough. Yes. For, it's tough for me to say like there's not as many iconic lines in a movie that came out four days ago. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. But like you know what I mean? There's there's so many lines in that movie that people say all the time. You know, what doesn't kill you makes you stranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything burns. What's in a uh, yeah, let's put a smile on that face. Like yeah, so many so, things. Why so serious? Why so serious? That, yeah. yeah. There's so many good lines, and the dialogue is so like fresh in that. The dialogue in this seems way more reeled in kind of yeah it's not as grandiose yes yeah which i think is something important to tell people going into it because so far we haven't spoiled anything about joker we're really just talking about performance based Mm -hmm. and this isn't even a spoiler but going into this movie need to remember this is not a movie where you watch the joker run around being the joker yeah that's not what this movie's supposed to be it's not what they're trying to be and they've been very clear leading up to its release that that's not what they ever intended to do. You are watching the circumstances that may lead to somebody becoming that kind of a character. So I think it makes sense that it is more reeled in in, in the sense of that. There's honestly not a lot, of, a lot of dialogue that he has. A lot of his biggest moments are silent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he do, he does have some really great lines and stuff like that, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of this movie is mood, yeah, and cinematography. Oh, and, and the score. score, yeah. Holy shit, I fucking love the score in this movie. It, I I have it written down. It does down, its job perfectly. I have it written down. The score is amazing. Equally a character. Yes. Yeah. No. A hundred percent because it can really carry the mood. From scene to scene, like it is so flawless. I love the score to this movie, and the movie is like 90% scored. Like, there's not a lot of soundtrack to this movie. There's maybe two songs that actually appear in this movie. Yeah, there really isn't a lot. And I feel like we should really give props to the composer on the movie. The score was made for this movie before they filmed it. Oh, really? Yeah, they gave her the script and they were like, yo. This like, is what this movie's yeah, gonna be about. And she she made the score solely based on the like the tone that she was basically getting from this That's script. So awesome. And uh it's crazy too because uh Todd Phillips went and saw I think he said Sicario or Sicario two, but he loved the score and that was she she worked on that. Oh so, so he like yeah, he like saw Sicario two and he was like, Who did this? So he basically like found her information and was like, Hey, I'd really like you to like do the score for my movie, here's the script, and then she made it off of that. That's awesome. Yeah. So they said, well, like, it's fucking perfect. Yeah. They said on set, like, while they were filming, like, they all, would play all day, They would just play it, like, around, like, the set, like, to get into, like, that mood. Oh, man. That is a tough mood to live in. 
Oh, yeah. Because, like, there's so many moments where I'm just, like, anxious and I'm, like, the way it, like, moves, the the music moves through a scene, it's fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you don't see a lot of movies doing stuff like that anymore, with the exception of, like, these, quote, artisan films, like, these more low-budget films who aren't spending a ton of money on these, like, super popular songs and not making some douchey action movie where they need <laughs> fucking Limp Biscuit blasting on the radio. <laughs> They treated this movie like a film as they were making it, and you, and it shows. All right, I'm it gonna, is a little bit snobby to say that. I get that, but no, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say it right now. I mean, if I if I'm, if I'm not coming through, like I fucking love this movie, <laughs> and yeah. like and this movie, like I think this movie's transcendent for the genre. Yeah, this is not a comic book movie. Nothing yeah. about this feels like a comic book movie. There's nothing. There's no superheroes. There's no. He's not even a super villain at at really any point. Like it is, it is just something we talked about in our trailer park. If you go back and listen to the Shazam trailer park, you pointed this out to me, Colin, but tell them the Swampies. We fucking nailed it. Yeah, if you go to if you listen to the Shazam episode and listen to that trailer park, we called so many things. We predicted this entire movie almost, <laughs> with the exception of like a couple of plot twists because we didn't talk about any plot twists in the trailer park, but in terms of what we wanted from this movie, we got exactly what we wanted. Yeah. That's but, probably why I like it so much. But that being said, though, like there's a lot we predicted. There was a lot that surprised me too. Yeah, for sure. This this movie, like, I mean, it's been a really good run lately for like comic book movies and stuff like that. Because I mean, in the last few years, we've had Logan, which really was something new for the genre. And I mean, Endgame was phenomenal. I don't know yeah. if it was something new, but it was new in the scale of everything coming together. I think um, I think it was new in the sense of the size of yeah, that movie of yeah. and just how how much went into the success of that movie mm-hmm. and telling a story over the course of 23 movies has literally never been done. Yeah. But this like it sounds snobby but this is such a like film. Like this is yeah. you could take the name Joker off of it and have it be the same exact movie. Yeah. And no one would know that it was a comic book movie really. Yeah, and uh, I almost wish that it wasn't about Joker at all. See, I I love what they did with it. Like, I love how it's integrated into Gotham and stuff like that. We'll yeah. get to that, but I mean, I I hear what you're saying. I actually I said when I got back, I told my dad I was like, "You hate comic book movies? I think you might really love this movie." It's not a comic book movie, guys. Yeah, it is not a comic book movie at all. The only thing that makes it a quote unquote comic book movie is Gotham is the setting and the character becomes Joker. That's yeah. it. I will say this, though, too, like we're talking about how it's not a comic book movie. I think they did such a great job keeping this true to the Joker character. Yeah, I would give you that, too, because I think a lot of people were concerned because the Joker doesn't need an origin because part of the Joker is a mystique about where he came from and who he is. There's a line in The Killing Joke that the Joker says, and he says, I prefer my origin to be multiple choice. Yeah. And, and this movie does that. We're going to get into that, but this movie allows everything about it to be subject. Like, yeah. you can debate so much about this movie. And then also, like, there's so many elements of the Joker, in particular, I think a lot from Heath Ledger's Joker, that they bring into this. There are elements of almost every Joker that have been brought into this. Mm-hmm. And I've heard some people be like, this really isn't Joker. And I'm like, eh, I completely disagree. Oh, I heard I'd- some fucking... Dumbo sitting behind me say that at the end of the uh, at the end of the movie and I got instantly heated, <laughs> instantly heated. And again, I'm not one of these 
guys who like define my personality based on my Joker fandom. <laughs> you know, because the that's that's what I was talking about with the hot topic thing. It's like I don't see the Joker as a character like that, where I'm like, oh, he's the symbol for blah blah blah. Like whatever, man. It's a fucking comic book. Relax. But they like they like toe the line a little bit where it's like they pepper it in like the Joker is a lot of it is about like the hypocrisy of society and like, yeah. you know, uh, you know how the upper class is quote unquote more like almost valuable than than the lower class and stuff like that. Yep. It's something and, else that we called in our trailer park. Yeah. And it's they they do a great job with that. There's a few lines that are right out of the Dark Knight that relate to this character. Like Heath Ledger's Joker has a few lines, and I'm like, "You're doing it!" Like that's exactly what it is. There's the one where he's like, "You know, if I killed a gangbanger, no, no one would care." But as soon as I threaten like a little lady, everyone loses their minds. Like, yeah. there's a lot of things in this one about the lower class and the upper class and stuff like that. And yeah, uh, like Which, I, I love that. I was, I was surprised that there was so much true to the character because I was expecting this to be. I mean, they, they had said a full diversion. They, they had said going into it like. This is not like the comics. But, yeah. But really, they made a, their own original story, but they peppered things throughout it that it is the Joker. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, like, I don't understand how people can be so stuck up about a character's origins when literally nobody who's read comics even forever, if you've read since the first issue, first appearance of Joker ever even came out, and you've been reading since day one... You also don't know his origin because they've never told you. Yeah. So how can you be mad if they're going against his quote unquote origin if he doesn't have one? Yeah. And this movie doesn't even give you his origin, really. Yeah. It, it shows you some like inciting moments to maybe like what kind of was the powder keg to his character. Mm -hmm. But he the movie starts and he already has things going on in him that are either downplayed in the beginning or you realize that maybe we're there all along and they're downplayed because you're watching this movie through his lens and his lens is already established to be fucking broken. Yeah. <laughs> I hate people so much. There's, I think there's a lot of people that, that don't get this movie. I, you want to just start getting into like spoilery talk because there's a lot that I really want to talk about. There's a lot I want to talk about. I want to see if I have anything else that's really non-spoiler. Well, here, here, I'll, I'll give you a couple of quick things. One, and we could talk about this real quick, but I love the cinematography in this movie. Oh yeah, it's shot beautifully. It's shot beautifully. This is shot, I think, better than any comic book movie that's ever come out. Yeah, I'll give you that. And they made Gotham City feel again like another character in the movie. Yeah, like, like the score is a character. It the feels like old New York. Yeah, it really feels like especially. And this is something from the trailer, not a spoiler. Like when he's flipping the sign in the street and everything that feels like Times Square, like in the 80s. Mm -hmm. Like they did a lot of things that that make it feel that which it does make sense because Go Gotham City is like a uh, like an amalgam of New York and Chicago. Mm -hmm. So it it felt that it really felt that. Yeah. And and it adds like a cool element where it's like parts of it do make you feel like it's almost New York, but then it you can tell that it's not. And like it made it look like a real place and it wasn't like done up all. It's not Batman forever. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not like a comic booky in any way. I liked uh, I liked seeing something like it didn't feel like it was Gotham, but you, there was things in the background where you're like, 
oh yeah, we're in Gotham. Like it just felt like a real place. It felt like yeah. a real city. And then every once in a while you see something that's like Arkham State Hospital or like Wayne Man. Like you yeah. see things and you're like, yeah, we're in Gotham. Like that's really cool. But like they didn't never they never drew like a ton of attention to it. And that I think that's another big thing that does separate it a lot from comic book movies is it didn't spend a ton of time trying to remind you that it is within a comic book universe. I will I will say this though, like the way the city is in the beginning and knowing how it becomes because this takes place in the past, like right. before Batman and everything like that, which everyone knew little Bruce Wayne was in the trailers and all that stuff. Right. Knowing what it is now and what it becomes and what happens in the movie, I thought was awesome. Like so yeah. cool. Because it shows you right away, again, in the trailer, like, punk kids, like, steal his sign, and then they, like, jump him. Mm-hmm. Like, crime has always been rampant in Gotham City. It's never been, like, a pretty place. Like, there's violence and there's crime around every corner of this place before Joker becomes who he becomes. Yeah. A couple other things, and then we'll start getting, like, really heavy in spoilers, and this is kind of towing the line <laughs> anyway, but... uh so there's there's a lot of like backlash about this movie already, and people oh, yeah. and people are going on about like oh you're glorifying like psychopaths and this and that and stuff like one watch the movie and base like get your own opinion because there's a lot of people in the media that are like just like jokers about it like they're going for clicks yeah they're going for clicks it's basically just like okay this is a psychopath and you're making him out to be like the hero of the movie and you're like he's not it's it seems like a lot of people are almost like being like I would really like something to, like bad to happen because. It's gonna get me more cl- like they exactly they are perpetuating is. this not- narrative that someone is going to go and shoot up someone because they saw this movie. Yeah, it's and ridiculous. if you go and see this movie, you would actually realize that a lot of it is like a commentary on society about how we like shouldn't stop funding like mental like illness and stuff like that, right. and cautionary tales of like what society can do to people and stuff like that. Like, it's not something where it's like let's go watch this fun thing because you feel like shit most of this movie watching it like yeah. it's super bleak super depressing and at, and at no point do you feel good bait for his actions you you can you can you empathize symp- with him right you can you can empathize with him but you can't sympathize with him yeah you empathize with him a lot throughout the movie like you feel like bad for him and there's like especially things like people that maybe were like bullied and stuff like that like there's a lot of things that I think you can relate to, but when he like this is this movie is basically the descent into madness, and when yeah. he gets that part, you're like, oh fuck, man! <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Well, it. What's interesting is you could argue that Batman is the same character because yeah. he's somebody who pulled himself up from trauma, and then he dresses up in all black and violently beats the shit out of criminals. <laughs> So there is a moral ambiguity to Batman himself. Joker is just the opposite side of the spectrum. Like mm-hmm. one one of them got beaten down into submission, so they came out of that and tried to do good, and the other one just submitted completely and was like, "Well, fuck it. If this is how the world is, then this is who I am now," and just committed to crime. Yeah. So you can't say one is a horrible thing for people to see because it's going to cause violence and not the other. Mm -hmm. But it's also the argument that like, you know, violent video games make violent children and whatnot. Like we grew up with some of the most violent video games of all of history, resident evil, metal gear, solid grand theft auto, mortal Kombat, mortal Kombat, And I haven't violently assaulted anybody. (laughs) 
So I don't think that's what the problem is. The problem really is that focus on mental health. And this movie makes it a point to make that the central focus. Yeah. And it's it's also like Joaquin Phoenix talks about like taking on the role and stuff. And he said like at its heart, this movie is about PTSD and anxiety. Yeah. And like what like childhood trauma can do to people. Like that's really what the movie's about. Yeah. It's not glorifying serial killers. <laughs> like, no, not at all. Not at all. So, but yes, the only way you get clicks on things is to be extreme. So people are just posting articles being like, they're either saying this is the greatest movie ever made or this is the worst movie ever made. It's going to cause violence or blah, blah, blah. Like nobody's taking a real opinion on this because it's not going to, it's not sexy. It doesn't, doesn't make headlines and it doesn't get clicks on the website, Mm -hmm. but this movie needs to be seen. Fuck everybody else's opinion. Listen to us. <laughs> Listen to us because I think it honestly though I really do think that as many people like if you can go out and see this definitely go see it cuz the thing is people are seeing it. It's this weird thing that like media creates where it's like the same thing happened with Dave Chappelle's special and it sounds like it's kind of off topic but it's not because they there was all of these things of like oh people are protesting and they're asking like Netflix to pull it down and like people hate Dave Chappelle's special he has these offensive jokes that targets like certain demographics or groups or whatever and people hate it then you go on Rotten Tomatoes the audience score is a ninety nine mm-hmm. so where's all that outrage coming from it's not there they're just blowing it up because it gets attention on their website it gets clicks that's what's happening to this movie but people are going out and seeing this thing it's doing good money i mean i think i think one it definitely helps that it's got the joker behind it people are gonna go see it it's walk it's It's walking phoenix Phoenix. like he's there people are gonna go see but also i think definitely think it helps that it it's it's really fucking good it is really good this is the point now. Do you have anything else that's non-spoiler that you want to get out, or do you just do you want to blow the lid off this fucker? I think we just start blowing the lid off it. I mean, there's there's things that like I want to talk about, but we'll get into it. Yeah. I guess the last thing I want to say is just, and I kind of touched on it, the tone of this movie. I I loved it. The tone and the yeah. pacing. And, oh yeah. You know, the pacing is gonna go into what we're gonna start spoiling, but right. like, it's a slow burn. It's a slow burn for sure. But you see. There's some movies when things happen and you're like, well, that happened really suddenly. Like, what the fuck's that like up with that? Like that's the motivation there. You know, this is very slow and deliberate and you actually see the evolution of the character as the movie goes on. And another thing that I think you mentioned in our trailer park. I yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah. Well, spoiler alert from here on out. We're going to blow the doors off this fucker. OK, I want to start at one point real quick. And you touched on it earlier. And if you don't want to start here, just let me know. No, I'm, I'm down with whatever. We'll get to everything. I'll make sure of it. So I mentioned uh, earlier that line from The Killing Joke where he says, I prefer to keep my origin multiple choice. Right. They leave this movie open-ended enough where you could basically debate everything that happens in the movie and you would be neither right nor wrong. Yeah. Or if you don't want to do that and you want to just watch the movie and take everything for face value, you can do that and you'll really enjoy it. Yeah. This movie does a great job of allowing you to debate things and like they're going to talk about it for for forever probably unless like Todd Phillips just comes out and he's like this is what it is people yeah, which I don't think answer. he's going to yeah. yeah. There's a lot of things that are really awesome in it and I kind of wanted to hear what you thought about it. So I guess I'll start this up. At the end of the movie, uh-huh. 
You want to work your way backwards. Okay, here, I'll do it this way. What, what do you think is real and not real? Okay, I actually wrote down at one point. because they. Is- th- so this is before a big reveal, but so he meets he meets Zazie Beetz's character in the elevator and I know everything. what you're going to say, too. Which that was like a really cool just meetup thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's like another time later where like he's following her and then she like comes to him or yeah. whatever, like approaches him about it. And I was like, that was like a very weird exchange, and that was very out of character for him. And then the next time that he sees her, I wrote down, I'm like, I think the only real moment he has with her is in the elevator, and the rest of it's in his head. Spoiler alert, I was right. Yeah. Because a couple scenes later, probably the tensest scene in the entire movie. Like I was like on the edge of my fucking seat. When he was score, in, when he was in her apartment, yeah, and she's just like, "What are you doing in here?" That and was like you, and then such it, an awesome moment, and it all comes together that everything, like her going to like dinner with him, and her, her being at the club, yeah, her, yeah, and then yeah, her watching him stand up, and then her like being there when his mother was sick, like all of that was in his head. Yep, and it holds up a mirror to his mother's mental issues too, because she had like like delusional uh obsessions about mm-hmm. Thomas Wayne and everything. So well I've I, there's something else with that that we can get into also in a bit. There's a lot that we can get into. Yeah. This movie is just full of threads to pull on yeah. and when you pull on it's just more threads c- keep coming out. And and but, that's not even like this thing that we're talking about now isn't even like something that we're just like maybe this thing like Joaquin Phoenix and Todd Phillips have all they've both said like the Joker's a very unreliable narrator. Yeah. So like there's things in the movie, some way more obvious than others. The thing with the girlfriend's obvious because they say it to you. Yeah. And the thing well, with, later, yeah, they yeah. tell you, they give you that reveal. It's such an awesome reveal. It, yeah. The, the other it's thing was so well. Yeah. The other thing with Murray Franklin in the beginning is very obvious. Yeah. Where, like, basically it's this whole fantasy of him actually being on the show. And yeah, Murray like Franklin's like, I wish, everything. what do you say? He's like, I wish, like, you were my son or yeah, something. Yeah. Like, like I, that. I wish I had a son like, like you. you yeah. yeah. So you can tell that. But then that even made it so I was like, I don't know what's real about the Murray Franklin show and everything. I think that was real, the Murray Franklin yeah. show at the end. At that turning point, because really the turning point for his character, I'd say, like that big moment, not even just him him killing those guys on the subway. I think the, the real turning point was, because right after is when he goes to her apartment, I think that's the biggest turning point in the movie, more so than even him murdering the guys on the subway. You think her basically telling him to get the fuck out of the apartment? Is- I think that whole thing, because then him just sitting there and he's like, I've had a really hard day. Yeah. And he's not there to terrorize her. He's there because in his head, all of these things really happen and she's close to him. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, it's all real to him. Yeah, I I didn't even think about that. That probably is the turning point because after that, huge spoiler alert is when he goes and kills his mom, I think. Right? Oh, dude, after, that's such a good scene. That's that's honestly, you talked about like some like really tense moments. That was probably the hardest moment in the whole movie for me to watch. That was brutal. That yeah. Was bad. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Dude. There's a after that moment when he's in the apartment with her, mm-hmm. I was just like I was like, the tension in this scene is amazing. The score is perfect for it. Like, yeah, everything in it is just so intense, and Mm -hmm. I loved it. And like, that's what the fear in Zazie beats. As much as she plays a small role and she doesn't get a lot to do in this, she she nails it in that moment. And like, 
I you can feel her anxiety mm-hmm. in, throughout that scene. That's what Ryan said when we left the movie. Ryan was like, he texted Brandon and because they were talking about possibly going to see it, but his girlfriend isn't like too big into like tense movies or scary movies. Yeah, and Ryan was like, I don't know if she's gonna like it. And he, Brandon was like, Was it like really gory? And he's like, There's blood in it, and it does get pretty bloody at points. He's like, yeah, but that's, but that's not really. Not, it. He was that's like, not even the most yeah, fucked up and, scene. And Ryan Ryan said that Ryan was like, Honestly, the whole movie is just super intense, and he used that word intense. He was like, Yeah, that's the perfect way to say it. Yeah. But then after that scene, there are four moments where I had to write down in all caps, three exclamation points, chills. Yeah. This movie gave me oh. chills. Numerous times. The, the part, the chills were out of control at one part. And I'll, I'll, you want me to just say it now? Yeah. Blood smile. That was really good. That was, that was chills. That, for me. that was a chills one for me. But, um, what's it? Yeah. I, standing on the cop car. Yeah. Chills so good. Yeah. And he's just, yeah, just soaking it all in. But when he's on the talk show before the, the before big bang. Ha- yeah. Yeah. Just that whole thing, because the movie sets up that he's suicidal, and it wants you to believe that when he's go, his plan is to go on the show, you tell know, everyone this is basically what you did to me, yeah, and then kill himself, mm-hmm. which is something that's been done in TV history, is like people going on and like blowing their brains out on live TV. Mm-hmm. So it almost like fit a certain realism in our world. So I thought that that could be a route that they're going. But then that twist of that, like uh, him changing his visibly changing his mind on it. Okay, I have to talk again about how good Joaquin Phoenix is as an actor. There, I think there's like a video on YouTube somewhere. I, uh, or you could probably Google it. There's a video talking about the subtleties in Joaquin Phoenix's acting because within a moment, within like a 10 second clip, you can watch how many emotions run through his face just in the way he manipulates his eyes and his mouth. It's fucking insane, and not every actor can do it. But he can convey so much with just the simplest nuances in his face. And I, Jake Gyllenhaal's another one who's really good at that. And in that scene, you can watch him, without him saying a word, change his mind and yeah. know exactly what he's thinking. And you only can get it by watching the way his like forehead wrinkles change and his eyes move and the way he looks at things. And just like you, you're watching the wheels turn in his head and you know what he's thinking. And it's so weird because the movie creates this psycho and it forces you into his brain. It yeah. allows the audience into his head. I think that's why people don't like it. I it, think it makes you uncomfortable. It makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. And that that uh that whole sequence, I mean, we talked about there were some things that like we predicted and some things that surprised us. I was hoping basically what happens in the movie, I was hoping that was gonna happen. Yeah. Because it's based on uh the, the, dark, the dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns, right. And because he gets out of the uh he gets out of Arkham. And yeah. He's like, look, he's great. And then he kills the audience. Now, I was ex- I had heard going into this movie that there was comparisons to Taxi Driver. Yeah. Scorsese's Taxi Driver. And, that, and I mean, it's more than comparisons, I would say, because Todd Phillips went out I think to Scorsese, Scorsese yeah. and actually asked him about it. Yeah, but, I think he said like he was directly like kind of pulling ideas yeah. from Taxi Driver and even a little bit of... Um, it's the other Scorsese one, the comedian one. King of Comedy. King of Comedy, yes. Yeah. So I um, actually was on the way to the, the movie. Ryan mentioned it. He was like, yeah, people are comparing it to, to Taxi Driver. So I had that in my head going into the movie. 
So leading up to the end, I mean, again, Taxi Driver is another movie that's open for interpretation, but I believe that he right. died at the end of that movie. Okay. And so I was I was sitting in there. I'm like, he's going to off himself, but he's going to go out as the like the hero kind of like that's what they're going to kind of do. Like it's going to be like, look what you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was waiting for it. And then that moment when he changes. Yeah. Chills. Chills in that moment, too. I was and that's also that's like really tough to watch, too, because they that's another thing you talk about, like, are they people are saying they're glorifying violence and stuff like that. No, none of the no, violence in this movie is sexy. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, nothing. None of the violence, all the violence in this movie is like really hard to watch and feels very like visceral and real. I think the only time that there's really like a score going on, like, and it feels kind of theatrical is on the subway. Yeah. All the other times that there's violence, though, like multiple times in this movie, I was, and there's really not like a lot of moments, but when they happen, I like jaw dropped, like, holy shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's something I wanted to say, though, because. We were, we were talking about it. The perception of what's real and not real. Oh, yes. So let me know what you think about this. It can go either way. Every time someone's nice to him in the movie or every time someone's overly mean to him in the movie, it's not real. Okay. I can kind of see that. So There's so, not a lot of times people are nice to him anyway. So I'll, get, I'll give you for, for nice first. I think this one isn't as... You can't make as much of a case for it, but the Murray show that they make very obvious, that's not real what do you mean which one the one the one in the beginning when oh, he's yeah, on the yeah, show that's very yeah that's yeah. very obviously not real. that's very they, obviously not real they make that clear I'd i think say. they set that up for you though like they intentionally make it obvious to, yeah. s- to plant that seed then the that's other- super early in the movie i think that is intended to show that like there is a world going on inside of his mind that is outside of our reality mm-hmm. now when he goes to the comedy club and bombs it they play yeah. the ending Not, of that off yeah. like it w- it went well because because right. she's in his there he- and in his head it did and in, in his head it did and right. people are clapping and stuff like that and so we should clarify that. when he bombs at the comedy club because it's Joker you have to clarify he doesn't literally bring a bomb no. he, he does very poorly on stage yeah he does really poorly on yeah. stage <laughs> I should have said <laughs> he that. bombs in comedy terms yes um, not bombs in Joker terms and then also just in terms of like. I guess his mom and their relationship throughout the movie. Yeah. You don't really know how she's actually treating him because he kind of perceives her one way. Right. And then you find out later later. what she actually... So there's that. That could not be real. I think there's more evidence, or at least at the very least, there's more things that are cool if you do it the opposite way. Thinking that things that are so bad that happen to him aren't as bad. Next time I go and see this movie, I'm going to look really close to the background of his apartment for that fucking sign. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Because maybe he didn't actually get... Yeah, because his boss is basically like, yeah, like, why would someone steal your sign? That's, like, ridiculous. Like, bring the sign back. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't actually attacked and he does have that sign. Yeah. And another thing, like, if you go into, like, his, like, story, maybe he just went and bought a gun because when he sells out the guy, he's like, he gave me a gun. And he, he responds, if you just take it literally... Yeah, that's the normal way someone would react. Like, yo, you're a fucking liar because you don't want to be get caught. Right. Or maybe he actually didn't give him the gun. Right. And he's like, what the fuck? And then he's like, why are you saying that? Like, yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. And the other part, and, and when the guy, when he's in the office and the guy's like firing him, and then he like goes into his head and his voice like kind of fades into the distance, and he's telling he's him, just, he's like, everybody thinks you're weird, nobody likes you. Like, yeah, that could be all in his head, like just ramping up and mm-hmm. everything. Because even like. 
as the guy's saying it to him, like it starts to fade in the back, and then all you hear is like the score going on, and you just see hit like yeah, Joker's just smiling. Oh, that's another thing I really like. His smile, man. His, his smile, but I also kind of like that they. And this might be a weird like character choice that they made that I think a lot of people might not love, but I like that his laugh is actually a condition of his mental illness. I love it. I think it's so good. It's, it's so, so smart. It's awesome too. Like that, like he's laughing so hard that it's physically bringing him pain, and he's like choking. choking. And every time he's laughing, he looks miserable, and he yeah. has to apologize for his laughter. And it's also cool the way it plays out in the scene when he's sitting in the crowd at the comedy uh, show, mm-hmm. and everybody's laughing, and he's looking around, and he and he laughs as everybody ends laughing. He always laughs at the most he, inappropriate he on, like, moments the, like the offbeats or whatever yeah like, yeah exactly everybody. like he's it's just another thing that kind of holds a mirror up to his character and shows how he is so detached from the rest of society mm-hmm. that he can see the humor in something but he's he still isn't able to laugh when everyone else is or how everyone is supposed to the the last part that i wanted to say with that he goes to um thomas wayne and he's basically like you're my dad. That whole yeah. scene. Thomas Wayne punches him in the face, and then he's standing in front of a mirror. Yeah. The camera cuts, so he's just standing in front of his bathroom mirror, or like in his not, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And he's stand, and he's in the same. I I thought that was actually like a cool piece of cinematography. Really, too, the way well, they shot that's, that. That's that could either just be really awesome editing and cinematography, or he's envisioning that moment. Yeah, and he was actually in his apartment yeah, that whole apartment time. His whole time, and you don't actually know. Could go either way. Yeah, because he did get into that building very easily. Yeah, it's like, yeah really, really easily. easily. So that none of that could have been a thing. Also, just about that scene. That scene gave me probably one of the weirdest, but like I can't stop thinking about it. the part where he climbs in the fucking fridge. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's such a weird moment. It's so weird and but like creepy and cool I don't, very also, cool because it was a fridge yeah <laughs> also the cinematography though like the way like it moves apparently it was like the cameraman like actually had to like readjust it because it was a handheld shot but it like it moves like with like the the scene yeah like, like kind of like looks like handmade and it just like looks really creepy like you're with him the whole movie and right. i feel like stuff like that makes you feel more so like you're just there because it yeah. just it felt like like really, you're like, in there intimate. watching it like yeah. you're literally sitting on this dude's floor just watching the, his meltdown or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, this movie is something. Mm-hmm. This movie is exactly what we wanted it to be. It's crazy. There's a lot of interesting things. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually backpedal a little bit if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Some cool things that I like that they did about really almost unnecessarily, but like just cool little homages to like even the comedy scene. So the comedian that's up on stage telling jokes when he goes and watches, not the time that he goes up is a comedian named Gary Goldman. And then another one of the, uh, the clowns later is this guy Greer Barnes. Um, they're both regulars at the comedy cellar in New York city. And there's another guy who is one of the clowns. Basically, a lot of the clowns and the comedians who are at the the stand-up showcase mm-hmm. are real comedians, and they they all frequent the comedy cellar in New York. Oh, that's cool. So I thought that was like a really cool thing because, uh, you know, Arthur's motivation in the movie is he wants to be well, he wants to be accepted, he wants to be loved, and part of that he wants to be a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. 
and they actually got real stand-up comedians. And it's also interesting because this movie tackles a lot of like mental health issues. And the comedian Gary Goldman has a brand new special coming out on HBO uh, called The Great Depression, where he <laughs> talks about him his like depression and getting through that and everything and mental health issues and stuff like that. So I thought that was like a cool like tie-in there. Mm-hmm. And that could even be like a thing where Todd Phillips was like, oh, here's a guy who like is basically talking about what the context of this movie is. So like, we should bring him in on this movie. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if like some of the jokes or stuff like were actually written by comedians. I mean, Todd Phillips does have a history with working in comedy because as much as it's sick and twisted, I really like off-color humor. Mm-hmm. And I kind of liked his I liked the Joker's jokes. <laughs> I thought they were really funny. Like he would tell a joke and I'm like, that's solid. <laughs> like the like the joke he tells that lands on the the um the show uh, the late night show, he he's like when I was younger I would tell everybody I wanted to be a stand up comedian and they would all laugh at me but now I am and nobody's laughing now mm-hmm. that's a solid fucking joke yeah <laughs> it's I'm just saying like, it's like the delivery I think it is. The delivery is what's bad right, about yeah. it. He's he's not polished, but the the concept and the idea of the joke, mm-hmm. it's perfect. It's a solid joke, and there's no fat in it. I feel like there might have been because there were actual stand up comedians on set. There might have been some help with certain elements of it that could be really cool, or because Todd Phillips has worked on so many comedies, maybe he has that kind of rhythm down as himself. But I don't know something about the way that Arthur Fleck actually wrote the jokes felt very like authentic to stand-up comedy that's cool you know you know the notebook that he had yeah that was Joaquin Phoenix's actual like notebook that like he those are all what you see on screen Mm -hmm. with like the weird fucking pictures and like stuff like that that was all Joaquin Phoenix's actual notebook to get into character for the that's terrifying yeah that's genuinely horrifying I can't imagine what it must have been like to be on set with him when he's like getting in the mood like that yeah well I mean we kind of touched on this earlier, but he, I mean, he got really in character for this. And I, I don't think he's going to play this character again. Yeah. I think and he's, I think they've already said like, this is all like a one and done. Now that it's getting like so much buzz, they, they keep asking when people are keep kind of like, they're he's not really, they're not like really a, telling you yes or no. But Joaquin Phoenix doesn't strike me as a sequel guy. Yeah. But I mean, he got really into like character. There's, there's a few things. Granted, I think some of it might be a hoax, but there's some on set videos and stuff of him like really in character. That's kind of oh, creepy. that that came out as a setup. It's a, it's a hoax. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, just talk about like how skinny he got. Like, oh, terrifying, <laughs> dude. It's so unnerving. And there's a lot of times where you see him straight on, and you see his rib cage and everything. Yeah, that's not nearly as weird to me as when he's like hunched over on the bench at the clown like locker room thing. Yeah, and he's like like working on his shoes or whatever, and you see him from behind, and the way his like arms are like bent inward, and like his shoulder is like somehow in front of his chest. That shoulder thing is actually him because he had a like like some sort of accident with his shoulder when he was a kid. It's crazy. It, yeah. it looks sickening. Like it, it, he looks It does though when he's like starved. got his arms up and stuff like that. Skin like, and bones. Yeah. Like it reminds me it's I don't think it's to the extent but of Christian Bale and the Machinist and Christian Bale was Batman, so. Mhm. Fun little go. connection there. A little question I would like to pose to you. Yes. Is Thomas Wayne his dad or not? I don't think so. You don't think so? At, at first when that happened, well at first when it happened I was like, "Oh shit, Bat bro?" <laughs> 
I had actually written down before that his mom has an unhealthy obsession with Wayne. Yeah. So I was already getting the sense that she is she is unstable. At that point, it wasn't revealed that she believed that they were they had a thing and he is Thomas Wayne's son. Mm-hmm. But I just I wasn't fully buying the whole her whole Wayne connection anyways. Mm -hmm. So then when it came to that, I was just like, no, there's no way like that can't be a thing. Cause that would be a thing. I mean, I think the only thing that makes you think that when you're watching the movie is the stuff that you find out before going to see the movie. When you hear that, like people are going to be like outraged over some character changes they make. And I feel like that's a big one to make, to make Joker Batman's brother. So I feel like if you're going into it, having read articles where they're just like, oh, comic book fans are going to be mad that they changed something. You're going to assume that's it. Well, here's I'll, I'll just say this. I want to get back to that that point, though. But like there's a lot of routes that they they tow where if they committed to them, I would have been like, that's a fucking cop out. Like, yeah. like if Joker actually went up and killed Batman's parents. Yeah, I'm like, glad that that I, I would have been. I would have been like, that's fucking stupid. Because they they've alluded to things in the comic books, like who killed Batman's parents. Maybe it was the Joker. There, but they the did way- it in the in one of the movies. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was even the first Batman movie. I don't remember. But there is a Batman movie from pre Nolan days that made it so that the Joker killed his parents. Oh, okay. See, like, and like a flashback shows Joker killing his parents. See, like, I wouldn't have liked that. Because I just feel like that's like that's such an easy route. Yeah. But the route that they go with it, like the change that they made where like the Joker in retroactively because he started this riot killed Batman's parents, thought that was genius. Yeah, that was I really thought that cool. was I got I got chills at that moment too. When that when his parents started walking down the alleyway, yeah. I literally I put my hands on my head. I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. that's so cool. Going back to his dad though. I will say this, I tend to believe the narrative of the movie is pretty... Like, I like to watch the movie. I think I just like watching it as it plays out. Yeah. Just because I really love the story. I, I love the way it plays out. But if you want to get into like the exercise of arguing certain things, based on how his mom is not a reliable narrator either, and yeah. she's unstable and he's unstable, you can look at it two ways. Either his mental health and anxiety and everything is a side effect of childhood trauma... Yeah. Or his mental illness is genetic and he inherited it from her, in which case Bruce Wayne's dad is actually his dad. Or Bruce or Thomas Wayne is actually the Joker's dad. But how would that be if she if he inherited her mental because, illness? Because then they would have had to have sex, in which case I mean, I guess it could have been anyone, but yeah. they established that he's adopted. Like that's the that's the lie, is that he yeah, was adopted. She was lying because Yes, she was lying because she adopted him and her boyfriend abused him. That's if and they his... found they found him like Arthur Fleck ch- chained to a radiator as a child, like yeah. beaten, and his mother like didn't do anything about it. Basically, that's one narrative. But if it's he is mentally unstable because he genetically has like an, inherited that trait. Of well, his that's moms. something that I wrote down. That's interesting because there is that argument of nature versus nurture, and I noticed that. Her diagnosis when he's like reading the paper and it goes through it sounds exactly like what he has, what he's going through. And he has these these physical premonitions and these visions based on his obsessions of people. And what he experiences with the Zazie Beats character is the same thing that his mother was doing to Thomas Wayne. 
Mm-hmm. It's like the exact same thing, like this imagining and this reimagining of events and seeing them there with you when they're not. And the way it explained her diagnosis like perfectly encapsulates his diagnosis. But now I have a question. There's the flashbacks. All right, this might be jumping ahead of way, but we jumped around so we much. jumped around <laughs> a lot. But in early in the movie, when he's having like one of his first meetings with his his social worker, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Do you remember why you were locked up and everything?" Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to a flash, and he's like banging his head against the glass, which apparently he- clowns just like banging their heads yeah, against. They show the glass. that in the Birds of Prey trailer. And it too. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, clowns hate glass. <laughs> they can only use their heads. But do you think that maybe the ending is actually from when he was in there in the beginning, or do you think this movie is almost playing backwards in a way? Like, see, at first when I first saw the movie, I thought that that end scene was from when he was in Arkham earlier in the movie. Right. And that's, I think it's from later. That's that's what you think too. Yeah. The way that I choose to perceive the ending is that he gets arrested by the cops. Mm-hmm. The clowns in the ambulance crash into him, and basically he gets let out, and he is basically like the leader of like the rat people, <laughs> like yeah. not really, but like <laughs> yeah, you know what I, I mean, like you. and and that's the uprising of like Gotham's crime for when Bruce Wayne becomes Batman and stuff like yeah. that. That's how I perceived it. I perceived that last part of it just to be like when he was in Arkham type thing. Yeah. Like before you can make the argument because he re- references a joke. Right. Like th- th- I guess that might be evidence to say that it's afterwards. Also, uh, Arthur Fleck looks a little bit different in that part. Like it looks a little bit more gray. So maybe he is in there. He's been but in there. He sh- they show like Bruce Wayne's family and he's like, oh, you wouldn't get the joke. I guess the joke, the way I perceived it, is like, I thought that you were my dad, and I took like your family yeah, now, from you. Yeah, now your son doesn't have a dad, just like I didn't have a yeah. dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could be that. Or what if, what if we Jacob's Ladder this? What if he died when the ambulance hit the car? Uh, see, and everything that happened is, so what if... See, that would be very taxi driver-esque. So right here. So what if... That moment where he's standing on the hood of the car and he's like, just like in the stand-up club when he's standing there and everybody's laughing and he's mm-hmm. like got his arms out and he's soaking in the adulation. What if when he's standing on that car soaking in the adulation, that's not actually happening. That's, that's happening in his mind and he's dying in the backseat of that car. So maybe he didn't die, but that's how he landed in Arkham because he got arrested and like because they found his body dying in that car. Nobody pulled him out, and then they brought they like healed him and brought him to jail. I, I thought of that, and, and none of everything else that happened between then and there hap- actually happened. And that premonition of Bruce Wayne's parents getting murdered in the alley is just something that happened in his head, and like that's the joke. He's like, wouldn't it be funny if during all of this chaos that I start that I kind of powder kegged and started against the rich in all of that? This man who denied being my father gets murdered and so does his wife and then this kid is left an orphan what if that's all like a thing in his head it could be i i don't think it is that's the joke yeah it could be i don't think it is i don't think it is either i'm just throwing i'm just throwing out conspiracy theories to drive the swampies fucking crazy that's the thing you you can't be right or wrong 
I know. I don't think it is though. I mean, I think the payoff of the movie is what I was saying is that like he fi- like that's when he's accepted. That's when he becomes like a, like loved by people basically. Granted, yeah. they're all the scumbags of the world, yeah, but like the yeah. worst people. But like that's that's honestly that's the payoff for the character. And that's when I watched the movie, I actually kind of felt like a little happy. I was like I was like fuck, man, you did it. <laughs> I was yeah. like like but I think I don't think that's fake because I think that payoff is too strong for that moment. And if it is just in his head, that's a little bit of a bummer, I think. Yeah. But it could be. You never know. Yeah, dude. There's so there's so much that I liked about this movie. And there's so much that I know like I'm we're kind of ju- we're jumping around everywhere. But like how I was saying, like, oh, people are gonna be like, Oh, it's not the Joker or whatever. First of all, you're stupid. There there was another line that like gave me chills, not just because the line is cool and it's so simple. And I'm sure some people are going to hear me say it and be like, stupid. <laughs> but the way he says it, the look he has in his face, and it's like when they're getting ready for the for the show and everything, and they're like, Mark Maron's character is like, mm-hmm. oh, you can't go out there wearing that. It's like, you're making a statement. And he's like, he's like, no, no, no. He's like, Robert De Niro's like giving him a pass. Kind of. He's like, no, no. He's like, no, you don't believe in all that stuff. He's like, no, I don't believe in that. He's like, I don't believe in anything. Yeah. But the, <laughs> the look in his face is just pure evil. Mm-hmm. And just the way he says it, he's like, I don't believe in anything. Yeah. That line, I'm like, that's Joker. Mm-hmm. That is fucking Joker. Just total like anarchist, nihilist. Nothing matters. Not even my life. So especially not your life. None of this matters. I just want to see... The world burn. <laughs> yeah, I, everything burns. I just want to see destruction and chaos. And and even in that moment when he's riding in the in the back of the cop car, he's like, "You're really happy. You see this? It's like Gotham is burning and everything." And he's just like, "I know. Isn't it beautiful?" Yeah. And I'm just like, "You sick fuck." <laughs> oh man, it's I, so good. I also love like that's the thing. Like you watch him the whole movie, and he's like not confident. I don't even know if that's the word, but he's not like confident. He's like very like uh, withdrawn, basically yeah. the whole movie. But then, like when he puts the basically from the moment that he starts dying his hair, that whole last whatever just twenty five minutes in the movie, I think is is just like phenomenal. Yeah, and I love what they did with the stairs. When he goes up the steps at the beginning of the movie, it's when he's like a broken man, basically. He's yeah. all downtrodden. But then when he comes back down the stairs, that's when he's got the Joker makeup on and he's, he's like a new down. person. Yeah, he's like liberated, basically. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, you would think in a movie you'd almost be doing it the opposite way, kind of like Rocky. Well, I said where like it's him like, going up the stairs, it's like a big momentous moment and he's climbing up to his victory. Mm-hmm. But here he. It's it, the opposite. Joker's just like, fuck it. I'm going down. Well, I said it's his I'm going it's his descent into madness. Literally, yeah. yeah. And he's just dancing down the stairs and everything. <laughs> now, that song is something we alluded to that's getting a lot of controversy. Yeah. Everybody just needs to shut up. I understand where people are coming from, I guess. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. But you know what? At the same time, it's it's just it's just a song in the movie. If yeah. if you're gonna complain about it, my brother kind of complained about it. Maybe it totally doesn't fit. It's that's, a little weird. That's my only complaint about it. Yeah. Is I it took it took me a little bit out of it. And especially because most of the movie has been score and a beautiful score. And that movie just seems so like it reminds me of sports. Yeah. And this nothing about this movie feels sporty to me. Well, so it was, it was a little bit upsetting. A, a few things for me, just like that moment is honestly that moment's kind of the money shot you've been waiting for. So yeah. I was cool with it being like this is like, let's have fun with it. This is what you're waiting for. 
and then also just on like a personal level, that's the song the Devils use for their goal song for all their Stanley Cups. So when that came on, I was like, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, <laughs> this is amazing. You just combined the Devils with, <laughs> with Joker. Yeah. Like, this is perfect. So I love the, the stairs. Also, that was shot in Jersey. Really? Yeah, those stairs are like pretty close to us. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I feel like a lot of this could have been shot in Jersey. Like, that's what I mean. Like, it has... It has like a New York feel, but dirtier, and that's exactly what New Jersey is. <laughs> they stored when they were like shooting, and they had to like park the Gotham City cop cars and stuff. They stored all of them at the Devil's Arena. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't know what what else what else you want to tackle with this, man. I really fucking love this. I love this movie so much. Yeah, me I too. I have not been able to stop thinking about it since I saw it. I know. I've been talking about it with Megan like as vaguely as possible. Like I need her to come with me to go see it as soon as possible. It drove me crazy not being able to talk to anyone but Ryan about it because like me and Ryan were around people all weekend. So we were just like looking at each other and we we're like, that one fucking part, man. And then Ryan would be like, what part? And he'd just hold up like like he'd like mime scissors in his hand and we're like, oh, oh. yeah. We didn't even <laughs> talk about that here because that at that moment I wrote, oh, fuck, blood. Yeah. So much blood. That's it's really like the only grotesquely violent scene in the whole movie. Well, I mean, the mother thing, but they don't really show his mother. So he smothers his mother with a pillow, but there's not like blood and stuff like that. I would I would argue all of the parts that are violent in the movie, like besides the part, I guess, when he's getting like kicked on the ground, like by like the kids. Yeah. All the parts that are like violent, violent are are grotesque. Oh, uh, well, do you think so? I think so. I think even like the way like when oh he... well, especially the the late show one. Yeah. So like I mean like I'll just when he shoots the people on the subway. Yeah. Even like the way that it happened, like the guys like running away and like the, you just see the blood just pouring out of like the back yeah. bottom of his jeans. I that was I thought kind of gross. Then he just like offs him on like the, he shoots the him like there. three more times. Yeah, in the back, and then like the part in the in the apartment with the scissors was like. I was like, holy it was shit. It vicious and it was fast. Yeah. And, and he stabs no, no him score. like 50 and times. And then they basically, he pulls off like a Brad Pitt and smashes his face into the wall. Yeah. Like Brad Pitt in, a, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. But while there's a, a an innocent bystander just and watching like, oh my God, like what the fuck are you doing? I thought that was so disturbing. And that, just the whole thing of even how he's like sitting there and he's just like... He's like, you're fine. You can go. And he's like super calm about it. It was such a Joker moment too because I feel like he knew that that door was locked and and the lock was too tall for them for him. Yeah, like he, it, it was a short person who was and like in you there. didn't know like like you're sitting there like is he gonna fucking kill like the tension it was. Yeah, because now that he's getting up oh, and then man. he's like standing and he's blocking the door and then he unlocks it, but then he like opens it and then he closes it and mm-hmm. he's asking the guy more questions or whatever. Then he actually lets him go. It's like. Oof. Even before he does it's anything. Chilling. Yeah, even before he does anything, just the way his face is painted is so unsettling. Because it's just white. He didn't yeah. put all the makeup on yet. It's just white, and now he's got blood splattered all over yeah, it. Yeah, it's crazy. He's just sitting there on the floor, and he just feels... He looks... That's the other thing, is the score does a really good job. Uh, on some Sometimes it's matching the scene, and on other times it's used as this like photo negative to the Joker's expressions Mm -hmm. because like the score in that like after like once he's dead and everything it's like it shows you how dark and grim the scene is but when you look at him he looks like he's on a fucking beach Mm -hmm. in in like the bahamas he's just chilling and he looks so at peace in that moment of grotesque violence Mm -hmm. and it's super fucking unnerving yeah and then on the show the way they play that scene out i was pretty disturbed by that too. and i love that like 
Dude, so he shoots he shoots Robert De Niro like point blank in the fucking face. Yeah. And he just like sits there and is just kind of like, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, people. Are oh, everybody's and running like and that. screaming. And then he gets up and he shoots him like two more times. Yeah, he gets up and he just like the guy's already dead. He gets up and he just starts like shooting him in the chest, basically. Yeah, and then he yeah like re- really messed up stuff. Yeah, I was hoping that you were gonna answer answer the door when I came here, and I was gonna have you open the door and I was gonna be doing like like his the dance, dance like yeah. when he comes out to the show and everything, and kind of be like yeah jokes. Joke's on you. At the end of this episode, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking shoot you. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I got a pat down from your mom. No, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't, you got anything else? No, man. I think I think it's about time we do some tomato tomatoes. All right, I am ready to get angry. The critics tomato, bringing it in at a sixty nine percent. I mean, that's low for this movie. I feel, mm-hmm. but I love sixty nine. So yeah. So, I mean, it could be worse. Tomato, though, the audience, bring in at a 90%. Wow, 90%. I've got my grade. You want me to go first for a change? Yeah, let's flip it up. What is your tomato tomato? I'm going tomato, and I'm going A+. You know what's funny about that? What? Same Z's, baby. You want A+. Plus? Yeah, nice. because as I was talking about it to Megan without any like full details, I would just keep having moments where I'm just like... I wish I could tell you something I didn't like about this movie. The only thing I didn't like is just that I, I think that song choice for the stairs, like once I heard it start, it took me out of it. Mm-hmm. But the way the scene, like the rest of the scene like plays out, I was okay with it. That, and, it and it's such a short moment that that song is playing anyways, that it's like, it's really not the worst. I guess if there's a negative for me, it would be that. But like I didn't like I said for those reasons it didn't bother me like personally I was just like I'm having fun like whatever like yeah cool whatever and then the only other thing that really like was bothering me they answered in the movie and it was just I was like I'm not buying this relationship with this girl what the fuck and right then they that was answer- the same thing with me I and was then they just answered like, it I'm like I was like well genius I like know <laughs> because it is it is almost like a trope of movies yeah to because most movies would just be like yeah they're like immediately in love yeah they go on two dates and then they're just immediately in love and this movie sets it up like that because it, it almost shows that how much of a fantasy that really is and how unrealistic that is it plays you for a fool because we who watch over 100 movies in a year see that play out but seriously in a movie and not be a twist where it's like not really happening so the fact that they turn it on its head that was really cool yeah but uh, yeah the same thing it was something where in the beginning i was just like what like it's that easy how is he so awkward and everything else but this is like nothing and then like oh fuck yeah <laughs> that, that that's why like later at a certain point i'm like i don't think i don't think all of this is real it just doesn't make any sense to mm-hmm. me and then the reveal and i was like oh this is crazy yeah this is like full-blown crazy mm-hmm. i got there's only two movies this year that literally gave me chills in theaters multiple times. It was this and Endgame. So I, I have to give that an A+, plus, right? It's like I, the only thing I can do. I, I have thought about this. Basically, since I saw this movie Thursday night, I have not been able to stop thinking about it. And really, like I was trying to find a negative with it. And I was like, I can't. I love it so much. Like I, This is obviously one of my favorite movies of this year but this is probably one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years it's really i love it so much yeah it's fucking awesome i when i was talking so i I was just at a wedding too this weekend and there's only one other guy there and i don't even know how it came up i think he was just like have you seen joker yet 
And I'm like, dude, I literally just went to see it this morning before coming to this wedding. And he was like, oh, thank God. No one else has seen it. I haven't been able to talk about it. I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah. And we just started, like, going. <laughs> dude, it fucking rips, dude. Like, I I, I need to see it again because mm-hmm. I'm just – I just have to. It looks beautiful. The score is amazing. Joaquin Phoenix is one of the greatest actors alive. It's got the it's got some of the best acting you're going to see this year, for sure. I, like I said, if he doesn't win the Oscar, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, in terms of personal performances, it I haven't seen anything to this level. And that being said, like Leonardo DiCaprio is amazing in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I don't think it's as much of a divergent of character that that's the thing, like, like transcends beyond yeah, himself. Like, like, I feel like Le- even Leonardo DiCaprio has acted, he has had stronger characters because I don't want to say his acting is any better or worse than anything else he's done because I think he brings his his A game to everything, and I don't think that in in any way, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a poorly acted movie by anybody, but I think the character is so different and so it's such there's such a depth that you have to dive into to yeah. become what Joaquin Phoenix becomes, not even just become the Joker, but what Joaquin Phoenix brings to that character is something just totally unheard of. And it's something wildly different than what anybody else has done with the character. Mm-hmm. I think if you you look at the great like like uh, male leading performances this year, it's probably this, Leonardo DiCaprio, probably Taron Egerton. Yeah, Rocket Man. Um, I'm trying to think of something else, but like... I don't even know if I've seen a fourth movie that I would put in that best I've picture heard that, uh, area. I've heard that Daniel Kalu is really good in Queen and Slim. Oh, oh yeah, that's but, coming out soon. I really want to see that. Yeah, but and like, then Adam Sandler's getting buzzed somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somehow. For Uncut Gems, yeah. So like, I mean, like, so far to this point, I think hands down, he would have to get it. I think it's that good so and, i so i could subscribe to him winning best actor do you think this movie is best picture i don't think it'll win but i, I think it should be nominated for yeah. sure yeah i agree with that i don't think it's gonna win but I, it has to be nominated man yeah because the craft is there like it's not like a this is a game changer like we've talked we've, yeah we talked about endgame being a game changer this is also a game changer yeah Endgame is a game changer for Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. This is a game changer for comic book movies, movies, almost in the same way as Logan was, because it showed you that there is an audience for R-rated movies based on comic book characters. Yeah. But even Logan feels more like a comic book movie because there's like supernatural elements. There's nothing supernatural about this movie. There's nothing super-powered. There's- Logan has action in it. Yeah, this isn't an action movie in the slightest. Yeah, like Logan was nominated for best adapted screenplay. Yeah, so there you go. But this movie, when I was trying to like sell it to Megan, I'm like, it's not an action movie. It's not a comic movie. It's a drama. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking drama. It is a character study of what the worst of society can make the worst people do. Yeah, in like the in their worst moments. That's exactly what we said like, in the trailer park. It's a cautionary tale to what could happen. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's so it does so many things. I mean, other than the, what we've talked about already, where it's like it makes you think of so many things, in just in terms of the like narrative. Yeah. Also, just like it makes you think so much about like the actual character itself, or like what like because it this could happen. It, like it seems very real and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. Also, just in terms of like what it makes you feel about yourself, it, it kind of fucks with you a little bit because you're watching someone that is not a good person, but you're feeling empathy for that person. 
And right. I feel like a lot of people will, will be watching it and they'll be like, I don't want to feel this way about this person. Right. That's and, what I mean. And like, that's that's uh, that's how this movie fucks you up is because it shows you a a terrible character and then it puts you in their head. Mm-hmm. That is like huge props to Todd Phillips, you know. Yeah. Because that's not easy to do. I think I think a lesser director or someone would have been like, you know, you wouldn't have you just been like, I hate this character. There's a lot of movies that come out where you're like, I don't like any of these characters. These like, yeah. you know what I mean? That's why I, when I said it earlier, I'm like, I did not expect this from Todd Phillips. Like he's yeah. done like mainly comedies and then War Dogs, and then this is just like, I think this is a masterpiece. I I love this so much. Yeah, I think there's only one moment that's actually kind of funny in this movie. Which part was that? Is it when his gun goes off in the room? Well, that's funny, but when he's imagining, like, Zazie Beats comes and she's like, have you been following me? And mm-hmm. then he's just like, yeah. She's like, I thought you were going to rob me. He's like, well, I have a gun. I can come by tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's actually, like, a really funny line, but that's what made me be like, oh, there's no way that... Yeah. <laughs> like, that can't be him. But, dude, uh, we said we were going to, so should we rank these Jokers? Yeah, we can. I also, just... This is going to be a long one, this episode. Yeah, this is going to be a long one. That's it's right. already been long. I also just want to preface that is my second A plus I've given on the show. Third of the year though. Once upon oh, a nice. t- once upon a time in Hollywood, I changed from an from an A to a A plus. Oh really? Yeah. After I saw it a second time, I was like, no, I love this movie. Got so, you. But yeah, I know you've you've been given out more than me. But I gave Endgame, Wick. Uh, I've rethought because I've seen Toy Story four again. I feel like that's an A. Like I've changed that to an A. But mm-hmm. on the show, I gave it an A plus. And now this one, so four for me. And Peanut Butter Falcon. Did I give that an A plus? I thought so. Yeah, maybe I did. Yeah, I think you Peanut Butter Falcon one. You know what it is? Is I you watch so many bad. ones. I watch so one. many bad ones <laughs> that it makes the good ones even better. Yeah. I like high highs and low lows. <laughs> I think like it just shows. Lows. I think it's also a good representation of our personalities. Yeah, I think I am a little bit more intense of a person. We're out, it's like out and about. So. And I'm a little bit like I think my highs are much higher than yours, and that's not a that's not a good or a bad thing. It's probably a bad thing. <laughs> my I feel like my highs are much higher and my lows are much lower. I've been pretty stingy with the A pluses, but I just yeah, I, I think c- you're more even keeled is what I'm trying to say. I couldn't find negatives with this movie. I really yeah. couldn't. I think you're more of a Batman, and I'm more of a Joker. Oh, okay. I'm a Joker. <laughs> I'm a smoker. <laughs> Come on, midnight toker. <laughs> all right, we're gonna rank these jokers. So we only went with live action ones. So all you swampies out there that wanted Mark Hamill in the discussions, yeah, right? we we left them out because then it opens doors for like a hundred other voice actors who have played various jokers. Yeah, like I mean, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, if Mark Hamill was in this, he'd be high on the list. I think we can both agree on that. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's iconic as the character. Like the the Batman animated series is highly regarded it's fucking great it's a huge part of our childhood yeah so yeah needless to say he obviously gets huge props but we wanted to keep it we're a movie podcast keep it to just movies and don't even come at me with he's a mess of the phantasm i don't give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) do you want me to go first you want to go first you know what you stole you stole a spotlight during the tomato tomato i think we'll switch it up again and i'll go first so working backwards from number five we could probably just say this one, one, two, three, same time. Okay. Jared Leto. Yeah, Jared Leto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honka, <honka>. <laughs> <laughs> Waste. of, And he's a great actor. 
Yeah, he is actually a really good actor. Like the year was, before or two years before, he was in Dallas Buyers Club. And he wanted an Oscar for and that. And he won an Oscar. And he's fucking great. And he was in Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. So he had some great monologues in that too. Like, yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> I don't know how you screw that up. I oh, well, you make him a make him a drug, drug dealer. dealer. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. I hated that he had damage written on his forehead. It was so stupid. Yeah, I'm not down with the face tattoos. Like, they make everyone look like a SoundCloud rapper in these <laughs> yeah. movies. Like, <laughs> same thing with Harley Quinn now in the Birds of Prey. But yeah, number five, Jared Leto. <laughs> Have you listened to my new track? <laughs> Beats by Dr. J. <laughs> Dr. J. <laughs> this song's called Jokes on You. <laughs> Jokes on us. Number four, and this is tough because there's only five, and it doesn't mean anybody's necessarily bad except for you, Jared Leto, but I just went with Cesar Romero. I went with Cesar Romero also. Yeah, now you have, you, you were mentioning earlier, you have less of a knowledge of his Joker and everything. That's probably why, honestly. I don't know if necessarily because his Joker was coming from a series that in a movie that was playing it very comically. Yeah. So it's it's not the same as the Joker that we know today because it wasn't until Tim Burton did Batman that the character, well, I I should say within TV and movies because the comics have have had a dark history. I mean, obviously, like his parents die when he's a kid. Like, yeah. so from the beginning, like he's always had like a very dark like beginning. Um, unless you realize a lot of the side villains outside of your main Batman villains, like you have like Condiment King, yeah, stuff like that. So like, <laughs> you do, yeah. There are some things that are way goofy about Batman, but for the most I think part, in general though, they're all pretty like the Penguin, like yeah. you know, um, Riddler, Riddler, yeah. But it really wasn't until Tim Burton did. Batman in 89 mm-hmm. that it was taken to like a darker tone. Uh so yeah, Cesar Romero was that, that was your number 4 too. It was my number 4 also. Yeah, so it, it just comes from a more cartoonish version, so I think that's just why. But also, he, he does a great like uh, he is a really cool Joker. I like yeah. I love watching those old Batman. He he movies. does a great job. I think for me also, I just like they've given that character so many layers to him. Right, and, that he didn't and, have back then. Yeah, and if just that feels a little bit more campy. And back then he was a prankster. Yeah, <laughs> who would sometimes rob banks. Now he's like a sociopath who dangles a train full of women and children and everybody off the side of a bridge, mm-hmm. and asks you to choose them or your loved one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Number three. Number three. And again, there's only five, and a lot of them are really good. Mm-hmm. So don't get mad, but I'm saying Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson's my number three, also. Man, we might have the same exact. I think we're list. gonna have the same list. Yeah, not. I mean, he's really the one who brought the Joker to His my is, eyes. He was my first Joker. He he's actually like we're talking a lot about Ledger and Phoenix, but he's very iconic in terms of the character and what you could do with it. Well, do you remember when Dark Knight before it came out? Everybody was like, there's no way Heath Ledger's going to be able to top Jack Nicholson. Jack yeah. Nicholson is the Joker. Mm-hmm. It's like what I was saying. Like A lot of actors who take on the role of Joker, that role becomes really iconic in their in their career, too. Yeah. Like Not even just if they make the character iconic in our generation, but it, it seems to have a really big impact on a lot of people's careers because it shows that you can play this dark character that is difficult to understand and empathize with so if you can bring some sort of 
I don't know, like authenticity to that character. It just shows an amount of range and depth that you have as an actor. So yeah. I think that's why if you do it right, it's really big for your career. But if you do it wrong, you're Jared Leto. <laughs> so I was going to say, if you do it wrong, like honestly, though, with the performances we have, if you do it wrong, you stick out because there's, yeah. there are so many people who have done it well. Yeah, for sure. That, you know, like that goes back to like a little, it, it's definitely on the actors doing a great job and channeling that character. But also, like, it's definitely on the comics too. Like, I mean, that's such a good character. Like that, like, yeah. it do- it brings that out of actors. Yeah. So number two, mm-hmm. this is tough because obviously we only got two people left. Yep. And they're amazing. Yep. So I will tell you who, and if we're the same, then maybe I don't have to explain myself at all. Okay. Number two, Joaquin Phoenix. My number two is Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. There you go. <laughs> we see eye to eye now. So, obviously, our number one is both Heath Ledger. Yeah. So, I'll tell you my thought process, and then I want to hear yours, or if it's the same, then just shout with joy. (laughs) 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 It was hard for me to put Joaquin above Heath Ledger because I feel like the performances are doing completely different things, and I think Heath Ledger was playing a fully realized Joker, whereas Joaquin is showing us the steps, the slow burn to reach that. And we don't really see him go full Joker till the end of the movie. And even that is not on the same scale as what we know the Joker does in the comics and especially what he does in Dark Knight. So I just felt like Heath Ledger playing, he really plays the Joker for the whole thing. Mm -hmm. This he plays Arthur Fleck, like Joaquin Phoenix plays Arthur Fleck for most of it, mm-hmm. who becomes Joker. So I just, I felt like it was more deserving to throw it to Heath Ledger. Okay. I, that's a good point. That's not, that didn't go, play into my decision, but that is a good point. For me, like, I think their performances are on par. And I said this earlier. I think they're on par. They're both phenomenal performances. I honestly don't think one person did one better. I think that Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal of someone with like a, de- like depression and stuff and yeah. the actual character study is, one of the great performances like of our time on like I yeah. it's it's super accurate, I think. Like Yeah, for sure. And it's it's like you said, I don't think they play it cheaply. No, they don't. And like I said, you see the real evolution of them and it's it's so amazing. For me, like again, it's not even so much the performance, but I th- I think a lot of it just comes down to dialogue and stuff. I think there's just a little bit more memorable moments for Heath Ledger's Joker than Joaquin's Joker. Absolutely yes. I will say there's more there's more memorable. I don't even want to go through like parts where it's like, oh, the part where like he's got like the two like detonators on the boats and stuff. Like like none of that. Like there's yeah. a lot of scene, like scenes like the part when he just takes off his mask in the bank in the beginning is like holy shit. The yeah. part where the, he, the, the interrogation, pencil, the pencil moment in in the Dark Knight, the is interrogation like, with Batman, and he's just like still fucking with him when he's getting yeah. his ass kicked and he's cracking up laughing mm-hmm. at him, and then. When you find out things about Heath Ledger's performance from behind the scenes, like the clap when he's in the prison cell was improvised. Like he wasn't supposed to be clapping with like all the police. And then just like that super sarcastic clap. And he's just like that look he's giving them. And mm-hmm. like, that's all just him in character living in the moment. And like, there's a lot of things about that movie that you find out later. where just like, like, that was just him being a fucking lunatic. <laughs> like <laughs> one thing, one thing I, I want to say also, Oh, and dude, sorry. And and when the hospital blows up mm-hmm. and that whole thing where like it was actually like an accident and when it exploded it genuinely like startled, startled him and he was yeah. like oh shit and like he yeah. started walking away like so good 
Yeah, like he really lived in that character. And I, I'm not saying Joaquin Phoenix didn't, but I just think they were doing very different things. Yeah. I think Joaquin Phoenix did it as well. And uh like I said, they're just they're just really different. And yeah. I think I think a lot of it just comes down to like dialogue for me. Like I think there's just a little bit more things that are memorable for the Dark Knight, but they're both like two of my favorite performances probably of all time and in a comic yeah. book movie, maybe in just a movie in general. The one thing I, I wanted to just touch on also like Joker makeup in this really liked it. Yeah, and, because it was really like old school. Like it didn't make it try to seem scary. It didn't. He but was just a clown. You know what's cool though? Like, and it, again, it's it's all on Walking Phoenix's performance. But like when he's got the makeup on, his the way he carries himself is so much different. Like he just looks way more confident in himself, and just like yeah, like he he's. A completely different person once he puts the makeup on. He's putting a smile on his face, which mm-hmm. also leads to like when he's he's got the blood in his mouth and then he wipes it well, up. Um, that's one of my favorite to pick parts. up his <laughs> to pick up his cheeks so he's smiling again. Yeah, and it almost like repaints his face. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's almost like a little homage to Dark Knight Joker because he has like the scars on his face yeah. making that makes it look like he's smiling. Where in this he's dragging blood to create a smile. Like it's almost. I I feel like maybe it's not. I also I see a little bit of. I also like again a little homage. It. I like that. Let's put a smile on their on your face. Yeah. Always put on a happy face. I like that. There's like a little crossover. Yeah. Yeah. But man, I'm glad we finally got to talk about this. Oh, I know it's it's been brewing in my belly. We almost we almost sat here and talked about Rambo. We really did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that's going to be an episode. We're going to talk about that when we're done recording this. It's uh, it's getting late here in the wee hours of the night. It so. is getting wee late, and I also just don't know if that is, if that, is that a is that a worthy episode. It is. Here's the thing: we're pretty late for a review on that one. Yeah, but the movie business has been screwing us with. But it picks up putting this out week. movies. It picks up this week, but yeah. So who knows? This episode may have just dropped a week after its release, which is probably the soonest we've released a show after the movie's release. I think that would be good though if that happens because I think a lot of people want an episode on the people who yeah, have people seen are talking about this it. movie want an episode on it. I, I think anybody who wants to see this movie would have seen it by the time we release. Yeah. So you swampies. Should be good, but I think we did a really good job too. Like we don't spoil anything for like the first hour of this episode, so I'll probably make that make that known so that you swampies aren't scared out there. But if you've already listened this far, you already know. I mean, we blew, yeah, yeah. We blew the doors off the fucker. Like uh, we, I was gonna say, like we when we get into spoilers, they're super spoilers. Like I oh, would super duper spoilers. I really don't want people to have this spoiled by us. Hopefully, they see it first because yeah. I I loved all like the surprises, everything they did in this movie. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. No, it is a really good time. I cannot wait to go see it again because I want to see if there's other things that I missed. And now, especially when you mentioned the sign thing, I'm like, I'm looking out for that. Yeah, I, when I go and see it, I'm probably going to see it again this week. When I go and see it, uh, I'm going to be like, fucking Hawkeye. Oh, if you find it, we got to talk about it in our next episode <laughs> oh, I know. too. Then. Just be like, Did Dude, you see this? That's going to be such a holy shit moment if like in the background you just see the sign and be like, oh my God. <laughs> I know, right? So hopefully other people are going to see it twice too. That'd be a cool thing that maybe if people could reach out to us and be like, did you find anything else that might tilt the scale one way or another of what's real, what's not real? That's what, that's the cool thing about this movie is it poses questions and leaves them unanswered i think we talk about that on the show all the time we love when movies are ambiguous like this and it allows the viewer to kind of extrapolate your on your 
on your own and kind of fill in your own blanks. What is the answer? Or is there no answer? Does it need an answer? Like, I love when movies do that. A lot of people don't because they just want to have everything answered for them and put a nice bow on it. But guess what? You're stupid. I think this does it in a really smart way where if you're not one of those people, you can watch it, take everything at face value, and you get a really good, like, tight movie that, you know, is dark and, you know, makes you feel things and you're just going to, you're going to enjoy it. Like, but if you want to explore those things, you can, and you would be neither right nor wrong. Like it lets you see it from every angle and it's, it's okay. Like you're, yeah. you're this isn't like when we saw us and granted, I love us, mm-hmm. but, th- but there was things in us where we were like, well, what about this? And we're like, no, nah, it doesn't really make sense from this. Like this, that doesn't make sense. Right. There's nothing in that that I can really be like, that doesn't make sense. Like, right. Because you can see it from any angle. Yeah, because technically none of it could make sense because all we're hearing the story from is a psychopath's point of view. <laughs> yeah, like we're only getting it from unreliable narrators. Yeah, like from top to bottom. So, very, very awesome stuff. I hope you swampies really appreciate what we did for you guys because we broke it down real realistic for you. Granted, we jerked the movie off the whole time. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Literally, when we get done, I'm hanging the poster up on the wall. <laughs> yeah, I know. You have the poster over here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fuck, dude. Like, it's funny because, like, in the beginning, I was just like, yeah, people are always, like, super hyperbolic. They're either, like, they love it or they hate it. And then this whole time, we were like, I love this movie. Like, we were so extreme about how much we liked it. So I guess we're part of the problem. But just know that if you go see this movie... Go in with your own fucking head. Go in with your own opinions on things. Don't let other people tell you what to think. The one thing I will say, a character study and a slow burn is not going to be everyone's cup of tea. So yeah, for if, sure. If that's the thing where you're like, we're also mu- movie snobs. <laughs> so obviously we like that type of artsy crap. <laughs> but like, I th- I know some people have said like, well, there's not really like much of a narrative. And I completely agree. But like, if you take everything at face value, I think stuff is a little linear. Like you're just seeing kind of like moments leading up to a bigger moment towards yeah. the end. But I loved all of it. I thought it was all like expertly crafted. And yeah, but that's but that's it's all your preference though. Like that's the thing. But that's the thing is if you understand what a character study means, because there are plenty of movies that are like that where it's like it's just taking a glimpse of a character's life or a glimpse of like a moment in time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, sometimes there's no narrative. Sometimes you're literally just watching stuff unfold. And it's like, especially for a character like the Joker, if, if you're following his story, how the fuck are you going to get a narrative? If he never wants you to know the narrative, if you want to put it in the context of, let's say the Joker was the one telling this story and he wants his history to be multiple choice, then wouldn't it make sense that there's no narrative? Because he doesn't want you to have a narrative because he doesn't want you to understand his life because he doesn't understand his life. Nobody knows what's real. So how do you make a narrative like that? (laughs) If I feel like if you were to try to force feed a narrative to this movie, it would have thrown off the axis of the entire thing. Not my Joker. Not my Joker. Oh, I wanted to punch her so bad in the face. This woman who's sitting behind me, end of the movie. Somebody like in her group asked her, like, "Oh, what'd you think?" She's like, "It's trash." And I like was like rolling my eyes in my head so hard. And she's just like, she's like, "I mean, it looked cool and the music was good and it was good acting, but it's not. That's not the Joker." I'm like, "You literally just said like everything about the movie is good. It's just 
not the Joker. <laughs> Which, You're a stupid person who doesn't deserve an opinion. <laughs> I just don't think that's like true at all. Like we we told already why we don't think that's true. I yeah. th- I think this was a a very like I think they were very true to the character. I didn't want to bother explaining it to her because she was obviously dumb, and I didn't have <laughs> enough time to break down like what would you would only grasp with real knowledge yeah <laughs> i hate her i hope to never see her again she's one of the listeners <laughs> if she's a swampy she could unsubscribe now she'll know who it is if you were at the saturday morning 11 a.m showing on october 4th saturday of joker at middletown and you sat in the third row far to the left and said that this movie was trash, you can fuck off and unsubscribe right now <laughs> and cash me outside. How about that? Damn. Yeah, fuck. Fuck that person. <laughs> and that's not to say that you could have... You can have a different opinion than me, but don't come at me with, it's trash and that's not the Joker. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> you don't know anything. <laughs> it's not the Joker because they weren't wearing a purple suit and they didn't look like the t-shirt you bought at Hot Topic that day. Or it didn't look like your stupid bumper sticker that says ha 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 written all over it. <laughs> or they didn't have a dumb face tattoo of an ice cream cone or whatever. It's just damaged. <laughs> yeah, like... It's a damaged ice cream cone. <laughs> fuck you. The waffle fuck cone you. has a chip in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I got a chip on my shoulder now. Damn. But on that note, Swampies, you know what to do. Head over to todosmoviereviews.com. Check out everything you need there. You can find our episodes, our written reviews... Our merch store, you could leave us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and get your free swag. You might even have a handwritten hate letter from me to that woman. That would be fun. That would be real fun. It's not addressed to the winner. It's addressed to the the woman who made me so angry when I was watching Joker. Who knows what's going to land in that bag? But until then, you know what to do. You know where to find us. Mm -hmm. So why don't you, Swampies, go ahead and... uh, Suck it, losers. Ahunkahunka. Ahunkahunka.